Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. You saw that one coming, didn't you? Uh, well, good morning. want to welcome those watching in Issaquah, Duval, Castle Rock, uh, Renton, online. I think I got everyone uh, and everyone here, too. And it's amazing. People are sitting in the front row today. Uh, which is great. Maybe I'm a little less scary than I normally am, but I'm glad that you are here. Uh, now, I know we have people from all sorts of uh, age groups and backgrounds. Uh, how many of you have kids that are going to be going back to school? Okay, a number of you. Uh, that's great. And uh, we all know that's an exciting time. I know some of you are, are just, just very upset because your little ones are going to be at school some of you are very upset because it's another week until they're at school. And uh, I came across this picture that I thought was uh, pretty, uh, pretty funny. This is first day of school at the beginning and at the end of the day. Does that look a little bit like your reality? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, hey, um, again, I, I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor here. And, and we are in our pre-fall series. This has been an exciting summer at Timberlake. Uh, we spent most of the summer going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Uh, but as we approach towards fall, and really God has been doing a great thing. We've seen uh, people on our campuses turn up in numbers uh, like never before, even during the summer months. Uh, we need to be prepared as a church. And so what I've done is I've said for these three weeks, I want to look at goals that are spiritual growth goals. And they're not just for you, and they're not just for me. These are our squad goals. This is, these are things that we want to be known for as a church. If you missed last week, our first goal was this, pray first. And we had uh, hundreds and uh, six, seven hundred people sign up for our 21 days of prayer journey. And if you missed that, I encourage you, uh, you can uh, use the connection card here and that you could uh, just write prayer on it in your name and you could join us for those last 14 days as we pray together, not only for what God would do in our lives, but what uh, God would do in our lives collectively Together, we believe that's where we start. We pray first. Today, uh, I want to look at intentional generosity. And if you're a visitor here, I'm actually really glad you came. Because when it comes to this topic, there can be uh, a lot of fear. There can be guilt, manipulation, all sorts of things going on. Uh, and that's just watching that, that SPCA commercial. You know what one I'm talking about? With Sarah McLaughlin in the background. It's like, yeah, I'm responsible for every puppy in the world now. Uh, so it happens in our secular society. Uh, really, a, a lot of fear, guilt, manipulation, shame. It can even happen in a church environment. And so what I, I want to look at, and I'm going to more teach than preach today, is I just want you to get a perspective. And, and here, here's why I'm going to talk about this today. You know, uh, you know every, okay, I, I will probably keep it. In, in the words of Jerry Springer, keeping it real. And uh, uh, I, I, uh, 
I, I don't like it that usually in a church, oh, things are falling apart. Things, things aren't. Th- things aren't as a church. It's not part, falling apart financially. Uh, if you need a, a church that's poorly run to motivate you, you're at the wrong church. Uh, we're, we, we don't do that here. Well, instead, I, what we do is we teach biblical faith steps. And I think some of us are, are one financial decision away from really expanding our faith in a significant way. And so that's why I'm talking about this uh, today. My wife and I, uh, we, uh, she works for a little tech company in Redmond, and <laughs> where many of you work as well. And so uh, they, they had just what, their annual rewards conversations, and, uh, which I can tell you that's a good day. That's what that's called. And that's when bonuses come out. And so what we had in the midst of that conversation, okay, we have our normal giving, I'm going to talk about that. But what do we do with that extra money? And uh, so we, we, have, we give first to the Lord, and I'll talk about how we do that. We do it sort of on a percentage basis. And then we thought, no, we even want to be generous beyond that. And there's some people and organizations we want to bless. See, for us, this intentional generosity has, has, been, has been freeing for us. It's actually uh, uh, an organizational principle that I, I believe has even helped us in our finances, uh, too. In the, in the church, there's usually two, there's two uh, perspectives. There's what I call the poverty gospel. The idea is God is broke and he needs your help. And if you really love Jesus, you will never have anything. Uh, now, that may happen but that's just not really biblical. In fact, if you look at the Old and New Testament, it teaches something called biblical materialism, that everything is a gift from God. That if you say, I don't care about money, well, God bless you with that. I hope you care. And then there's a, the, on the other extreme, there's sort of the prosperity gospel. You've heard me say, you know, make Jesus your choice and you'll drive a Rolls Royce. That's sort of that theology. And, uh, and that, that sort of like uh, God's a genie that we manipulate. And it's really neither of those. It's not, well, it's just all hard. No, no, God does bless you, and he wants to bless you there. And he doesn't owe us anything. But we can live in a place in the middle that I think, and so that's why I'm going to teach through First and Second Corinthians today, because I think it's going to be so helpful. Some of you raised in the church, honestly, you're the most messed up, just to tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, because either one, you've been fighting against God in a real unhealthy way when it comes to this, and you're not generous, and it's affected your faith and your life. And others of you have been so fearful around this that it, you can't enjoy what God's given you. Now, now it's been uh, actually four years since I've really taught, almost four years since I've taught on this topic in particular. I've taught on finances before, but not on generosity. Uh, and I used to not teach on this topic because, you know, oh, what are, people aren't going to like me if I talk about this. And then I got older, and then I didn't care if people liked me. <laughs> so, uh, but no, uh, and, but I really thought, is it more important to that or to really help people? And, and, and so I'm going to teach you a little bit what Scripture says, what I've seen, how we live. And, uh, you know, and I know for some of you, you get uptight about this. And so just to break the ice, why don't you turn to the person next to you and tell them your income before and after taxes. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> okay, that's good. Some of you did that. That's really weird, but that's okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, the funny thing is, if you look, when, when I look at this part of the Bible... 
And uh, we, t we teach through a couple books of the Bible. We'll do a theology series each year. And this is more, you know, this is more a, a discipleship series. Uh, but, uh, but I wanted to stay in First and Second Corinthians because I find it so interesting. If, if you look at what the Apostle Paul is dress, addressing, and someday I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a series that will have to be a longer one on uh, 1 Corinthians. Uh, but here's some of the things that he's addressing. These people, uh, they, dr uh, they drank too much. Some of them were drunks. Uh, they were sleeping around. They were overeating. They were suing each other. They had marriage problems. They were uh, judgmental. They believed some weird stuff. And look, it sounds a lot like well, Seattle, that's what it sounds like. And, uh, but in the midst of that, he addresses this as one of the, the big spiritual growth issues. It's interesting, there's so much he could address, but he addresses this every once in a while. Now, I, I really don't get this at Timberlake, which is great. You're a great church, but people say, oh, every, you know, I, go, I talk about this, people get uptight, they say, just preach Jesus. Well, every 25th verse Jesus talked about was money, so you can't, you can't preach Jesus without doing this. This is actually a significant portion. Um, because, uh, as I've said, the two biggest issues in any, any person's life, believer or unbeliever, are money and your sex life. So now let's talk about your sex life. No, we're going to just stick to money today. That's what we're going to do. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> some of you are saying, okay, man, he's really going for broke today. Uh, so, uh, but, so let's start out with this, this passage and, and really uh, take your outline out of your program. And if you're taking notes, that's a good thing because God likes you more when you do that. <laughs> no, he doesn't, but it's a good thing to do. It says, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see also that you excel, and if you're taking notes, will you underline excel, in this grace of giving. Now that word grace and giving connected is really important because as we see the New Testament church, we see uh, that that is uh, actually very uh, significant. As we look at this and we see that this, we see this, you know, excel in the grace of giving, many of you, by the way, you're doing that. And uh, as I shared, you know, a, a few years ago, we had some people with extraordinary resources who were, who were giving at the church and, and they moved away, they didn't hear from Jesus. And, and, but you know, the church has never missed a beat because more and more of you are participating in a bigger way. But, uh, so that's great, but for some of us, there's a, a barrier in generosity. And there really is, and so let, let's talk about that. One is simply perceived resources. We feel like we don't have a lot. Uh, we, in fact, when I was uh, teaching my kids, we, we did the Lord's Prayer last week. We, we looked at this, and, you know, the forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. My uh, youngest daughter, she would always say, Lord, forgive us our debits. <laughs> I thought that's true, isn't it? <laughs> that, that, we, uh, that sometimes we feel like we've spent too much, we don't have enough. There's also fear. Uh, there's, there's fear when it comes to it. When it comes to money, uh, and you look at the stock market, if you don't, don't look at the stock market, by the way, right now, but if you did look at the stock market, either greed is winning or fear is winning. W one of two is always driving the, the market. So it can be greed or fear. I came here in 2008. Uh, as I share, uh, August, it's been, it's been 11 years now. August 13th, 2008, I came here. And six weeks later, what happened? The entire economy collapsed. And I remember all the fear around that. I honestly think it was awesome in some ways. It wasn't awesome for my retirement, 
But it was awesome because what happened is, for some people, and for some of us, if we're going to be honest, that was their God, and their God died. And they had to figure, when your God's dead, now what do you do with that? And it was a spiritual rebuilding. Some of you were here, you, you did that. And maybe you've gotten away from that in this season of blessing. There's also, uh, as well, uh, number three, there's skepticism. There's the idea of, you know, hey, what, what, you know, what, what's going to happen? Should I really be generous? What are people doing with it? And, and that's legitimate. We've seen organizations. I mean, here we have, uh, you know, a board and outside people who look at our finances and all that. But that, those are legitimate questions. Uh, but oftentimes that can sometimes go into an excuse. And then there's comparison. Comparison's a big one, Right? Because we always, uh, we always, none of us ever feel rich, right? Uh, some of you do, and uh, if you do, then we're going to have coffee this week. No, the, uh, but uh, really, no matter what. I mean, I live in a great neighborhood, but right next to us, in our little neighborhood, it's little tract homes, but it's a great neighborhood. But if you go two neighborhoods down, there is a neighborhood that is awesome. Some of you live there. It is huge homes. And we go for a walk in that neighborhood, and I see the fountains and the pools. And then I come back, and you know what? I hate my home. <laughs> I hate it. I'm like, why? And I'm like, honey, you need to go talk to your boss and get another promotion. We need to get a home like that. Uh, so I'm certainly not going to get it on what you people are paying me. Anyway, the, uh, but it's sort of one of those things that we, we this comparison, it, we, we don't recognize our blessings. And it steals our joy. I mean, how many of you, okay, I make the mistake on Sundays. I go into Costco. And how many of you have walked into Costco and suddenly you desperately need something you didn't even knew existed three minutes before? Yeah, and so that's what happens is we're like, okay, I need this. I don't have this. And so this can be a barrier for us because we're always trying to obtain Something I, I think it was uh, John Rockefeller, uh, uh, one of the wealthiest people in the world at his time, and uh, how much money do you want? And he said, oh, just a little bit more. He was worth $3 billion. And then there's ambiguity. There's ambiguity. Uh, what does generous look like? What does that look like from a biblical perspective? And how do I step into that? I think it's an important goal. And if you're, if you're saying, hey, I don't go to this church, I go in another church, I'm glad you're here. Practice it at your home church because it is really significant. So let me go to a teaching of what happened in the New Testament church. The first principle is this, uh, these two key truths, is that one of the marks of a committed Christian is, is radical generosity. We see that in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians 8, 3 through 4. He says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Now, th this, this was a group of people in an economically challenged area. I mean, very challenged over tax. It was, it was not anything like we would experience in our country. Uh, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. Now, now that seems weird, doesn't it? How does someone, how does that become part of our DNA. Well, it, it becomes part of our, our DNA based on number two. Radical generosity is the result of grace. See, if we haven't experienced God's grace in our life, then uh, it'll be obligation, manipulation, something like that. But when you understand what Jesus has given, for you, given to you 
a home in heaven and a hope right now, as I like to say, that he's in your life, has forgiven you, frees you, and, and wants to set you on, in his purpose and that you can live out your purpose, then, then that changes how we view everything we have. And so uh, we see that, it says in Second uh, Corinthians 8, 5, this, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God to also to us. And that's talking, is actually talking about they were, uh, they, they would give percentage-wise, give a tithe if you're familiar with that language. This was actually an over and above thing that they were participating in. And in the book of Acts, we see this, uh, with the believers. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, uh, in them all, that there were no needy persons among them. And so we see that uh, from the beginning of the church that uh, radical generosity based on grace is what drove everything instead of what comparison, instead of guilt, instead of fear. And, and I, I think, you know, on our campuses, most of them are on the, on, the, on the east side. And the good thing is that we don't deal with any of that here, do we? Yeah, no, we don't deal with any of that. We, uh, if we were going to be honest, we do. But generosity, here's a principle, is either passive and spontaneous or active and intentional. And here's the thing. Sometimes it might feel better to be passive and spontaneous. It's just not the biblical pattern or active and intentional. So passive and spontaneous is, is well, you're, you're at work, and they're like, hey, you got to give to this certain organization, and I know a lot of you work for big companies. And honestly, if you knew what that money was going to, you would never give to it, because actually a lot of stuff you don't believe, the opposite of everything you'd want to see done. And so what'll happen is we get manipulated in the moment. Instead of saying, no, I'm going to think about it, pray about it, I'm going to read the Bible, and I'm going to be intentional about this. See, there's a simple plan that's set forth in Scripture. It says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should, now get, get this, should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly, don't be stingy, that's not a spiritual gift, not a gift of the Holy Spirit, or under compulsion, don't be manipulated. By the way, that last part I said about stingy, that was funny, you just weren't laughing, so it's okay if you do that now. Uh, and uh, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, this is the fear part, what if I don't have enough? So that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. And so that, that's the plan, and it addresses that in our life. Some of you are Christ followers, and honestly, I said this last week about prayer. I said if you're, if you're praying, it's not, it doesn't get you into heaven or keep you out of heaven, but I know some things that are true about you. If you're not praying, I know some other things that are true about you. You probably feel like God is distance, the Bible's a history book. There's just certain things that are true about you based on your activity. And for some of us, and I'm speaking primarily, if you're new and don't know Jesus yet, I'm so glad you're here 
This is primarily for people who believe in Jesus. If you're a Christian and you say, this is not part of my life, I know some things true about you. If you are, I know some things true about you too. If you say, this is part of my life, I know that, that you probably feel like you're part of God's mission and purpose. You feel like you're part of the community, not just a, 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 an attender. Uh, there are certain things when you see all our, our our videos on our missions, locally and globally, people come to Christ, you think, okay, I'm part of that. And if you're not part of that, that doesn't mean, we don't require that, that's not, but I know that you might say, okay, I feel a little bit more on the outside than the inside. I feel like, you know, I'm not really connected with God's mission. Doesn't mean you're bad, but it's a, it is a logical result of activity. And that can be Bible study, prayer, and certainly when it comes to intentional generosity. So how do I, again, I, I, I'm going to teach, teaching more than preaching, how do I step into that? Number one, make it a priority. Yeah, do you know that the Bible talks more about first than percentage? That the Bible talks about first more than percentage. That it's the first thing. I, you know, people say, well, w- with money I have leftovers. You don't need to worry about your leftovers because it always, God, sh- the first thing you should do. I would say the, you know, uh, <laughs> some of you, it's like, well, the first check I write. What are you, like a caveman from 1999? <laughs> no, you go through bill pay or the app or something like that, and you set that up. And many of you have on reoccurring giving, and you'd say, okay, this is, I, I put God first. Now, some of you don't know what your income's going to be every month, and so it's a little more complex for you. And so, so that is we make it a priority. We say, uh, I'm going to let my giving determine, determine my spending and saving, not my spending and saving determine my giving. Uh, it says in 1 Corinthians, it says, on the first day of the week, each of you should set aside a sum of money. Uh, and so that, that is important. Because otherwise what happens is we, other things come up. I, one of the first jobs I had, I've shared this before. Uh, by the way, if you ever want to pastor a church, this is the career trajectory. I did the blue light specials at Kmart in Lakewood. Some people say, I've been to that Kmart. And uh, so I did the blue light specials. And so uh, we got paid once a week in cash. And which is, isn't that crazy? And they paid you literally, I'm not kidding. This was the most evil genius thing they could have ever done. They paid you in cash and you had to pick it up in the back of the store and then you would walk out. And their hope is, is that you would spend most of that cash before you left the store, right? Because what? We're sort of, we can be, we can be a little more spontaneous than planning when it comes to our resources. And so, uh, and I'm going to talk about steps that you can uh, take in a moment. Number two, consider a percentage. Uh, God doesn't bless us all equally, uh, that we all have resources. Now, uh, I, for, for us personally, we, we tithe, and that means we give our first 10% to the Lord, and, uh, and even beyond that. Some of you are like, man, are you crazy? It, for me, it was pretty simple. After I became a Christian, about three weeks later, I said, okay, God, you have everything that includes uh, my pocketbook. I got away. I got out of the habit for a couple years. And it was actually in a crisis that I said, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this again. And it was not when I was pastor. It, uh, anyway, it says, in keeping with your income. So that's the whole thing, is that it's a percentage of what we give. Now, uh, in Malachi 3.10, it says this. 
uh, we're talking about tithe. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Now, I believe this verse, but this is misused sometimes by people to that, you know, hey, this is, again, you know, I give to get. That's not the heart. I give one out of obedience, but then also out of mission. Now, is it true that usually there's some blessing? Yes, there is. It's not always financial. Sometimes it is, uh, but it's, it's significant. Every once in a while, I'll get, like, church people. Well, you know, the, uh, the whole idea of tithe is an Old Testament concept. Well, check out the words of Jesus. You might think a little differently. Uh, Matthew 23, 23, it says this. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. And so whether you do or don't, it is a principle that the scripture teaches. And if you say, hey, I want to do that principle, that's really uh, what it teaches. And I would encourage you, whatever it is, to take a step. And so just like last week, I encouraged you for 21 days of prayer, I'm going to encourage you uh, to take a step here. Now, many of you do, so I know. Uh, but even if you do, I want you to take out your uh, uh, your card, so just for people who haven't, they're not going to feel embarrassed. So everyone take out your card. And uh, so on the back, I'm suggesting a, a challenge, just like the 21 days of prayer. And next week when we talk about a different kind of community, we're going to have a challenge as well. And so, uh, one, if you're committing your life to Christ, that's the most important thing. If you don't know Jesus, why would you give to something you don't believe in? I don't get that. If you want to, awesome. But this is really responding to Jesus in my life. And if you say, hey, I want to take that step, I want to encourage you to check one of these boxes, write your name, and put it on the back, is that, hey, I want, send me priority giving. Maybe you say, you know, Ben, I, I've, I've given spontaneously, not really a priority. I want to, how do I, how do I make that regularly? No one's going to come to your house or call you or anything. We're just going to uh, send you some information on how you can set that up. Also, percentage giving. You might say, no, I'm really, I'm ready to do what that, what it says in the scripture. I'm ready to do that. And then, and then we'll just send you some information, not only biblically, but how you can, again, set that up. And then extra impact opportunities. Uh, for those of you who are on a campus, uh, those of you in this room, uh, this, this room was built actually in the midst of the recession, almost at the bottom of the recession. Uh, by the way, not a good time to do a building project. Uh, and of people who gave over and above so that we could have this room and the parking lot and the balcony and every campus has been funded by someone else. And if you say, no, I'm really, I, I'm a generous giver, I, I tithe or I do that, but I want extra impact opportunities. Or maybe you say, I just, I want, we'll send you information on that as well. I think that if we move towards intentional generosity as a church, not based on anything but obedience to Jesus Christ, that we can continue to have an amazing, amazing impact. And it's not just us, it's every mission partner uh, we have too that really counts on us uh, in this area. But it starts with our personal discipleship following Jesus. Well, number three is aim for impact. It's, it says this, it says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in what? Thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, 
but is also overflowing in many expressions of things to God. And as I teach on generosity, and I really, this is spiritual growth for you. You want to do this. Some of you might say, oh, I have a need. Do you know that we've given hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars over the year to people in our church who've had needs? And don't ever go through a need alone without saying, hey, you know, uh, letting your church family come around you. That's actually a sign of a good church family. Now, if your need is for a new Porsche, then no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but, the, the, but, but we really believe that that's a, a biblical mandate as, as a community uh, as well. So, you know, I was thinking about this and uh, this whole subject. I was thinking about my kids. I have one kid who just by nature she is generous. Uh, she's always been, she's always going to meet a need. And then I have another kid who's, well, let's say a little bit frugal. And this kid, uh, just, uh, just love her. She's awesome. Uh, she, when she got her first job, she saved literally thousands of dollars working at a smoothie stand. She would never spend any money. Even as a kid, she would not spend any money. She had a box in her room with like tons of money in it. I mean, like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So whenever we had a financial need, we knew where to go. <laughs> the, uh, so I'm not kidding. I mean, this is if if you this kid, when it comes to finances, I mean, went with tons of money to college, and it wasn't because we gave it to her. She was just that kind of person. Now there there's a, a downside to this as well. I remember a particular time that the Girl Scouts came to our house bringing their gift from the Lord. And I said, can, hey, hey I, I left my wallet at church. Can I have a little bit of money? And she said, no, Dad. You need to spend your own money. Can you believe that? There have been other instances, same thing. And I know there is this box of money up there, you know, the, uh, the Iron Bank, it's just right there, and so she's, she's there, and she has all this money. Uh, one time, uh, she bought a Subway sandwich, and, uh, and she had it, and she saved half. She saves everything, and uh, in the middle of the night, you ever get up in the middle of the night, sometimes some of you hear from the Lord, I usually hear from my refrigerator, and uh, so I went there, and I saw that half a sandwich, and I thought, look at how the Lord has blessed me. And so what I did is I ate that half a sandwich. Well, the wrath of God came down on me the next morning. I'm not kidding. She made me. She said, no, you owe. You need to buy me a sandwich. So when I'm retired, and if I have to depend on this kid, good luck, right, you know? So, um, so anyway, I, 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 none of this is a joke, by the way. Those, those are all true, everything I'm saying, uh, even more than that that I could say. So she went through a time in her life where uh, a bit of a crisis, and, and spiritually, it just sort of changed everything for her. And, uh, you know, now she's gone, I get her mail, and like a good dad, I open it. And so, the, uh, and so one was her giving statement from church. And I'm like, huh way to go, that's great, and, and then so she, and I could tell she was being generous, and the other was from the Union Gospel Mission, and I'm like, wow, way to go, 
And then the other is from the compassion child she sponsors. She's doing all of those things. When I'm talking about the, the intentional, the, the percentage, and then the generous, she's like at that level as a kid. And you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, God has her heart. And the ultimate goal is that God has my heart. It says in Matthew 6.21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so as we talk about this, and like I said, you're the easiest church in the world to talk about this with. The ultimate goal, yes, you fund God's kingdom work, you get that discipline and discipleship of putting Jesus first. But ultimately, it's about saying, God, you have my heart. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. 